Welcome to Seat Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here. Typically, as always, your host for Seat Time. We're going to do an episode 66 this fine evening, I believe, December 4th. It's December. Holy crap, 2012. So, episode 66. Actually, Seat Time. What is Seat Time? SeatTime.co. That's the website where you can find out all about Seat Time. We're on Twitter. Seat Time underscore CO is our Twitter handle, and as well, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Seat Time. Get that stuff out the way. That's where you can find us if you want to hit us up. We're on Instagram, all that fun stuff. It's Seat Time. Now, we have to tell you as well, very proud to announce there's some big things coming ahead with some new sponsors for 2013. Show might get bigger, show might get better. I don't know, it might get worse. Hopefully, it's just the same, but we do have to say thank you very much to Fly Racing for their sponsorship of this episode. We'll talk a little bit about more of their products later, but the real reason we're here to talk about as much off-road news stuff that we can figure out since we're in the off-season. If we had race results, we'd talk about race results. We don't have too many right now, but the good thing is we got a lot of rumors floating around. we got a lot of team announcements, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So one of those guys, I like to bring in different people, different hosts that are running their little websites out there in the world going through a lot of this off-road news. I leave it to them to aggregate all that for me. We talk about it. We have fun. So... The person that I have picked up this evening for shits and giggles because he is sexy as all get out is Mr. Daniel Ingle from Off-Road Vikings. So I would like to ask you, Mr. Ingle, how is your evening going, kind sir? It is going splendid. And I actually, I know you're a huge KTM fanboy. You talk about it a lot. So because of that. What? The KTM beauty <laughs> in the house. Rocking the KTM beam. Are you going to get in trouble Not going to happen very long because I am a Yamaha fanboy, right? but in honor of Brian Pierce. I like it, is. man. Do and you feel like yeah. you have lost a little bit of yourself? That uh, wasn't again. Do you, do you, you feel like you have just lost a little <laughs> bit of yourself with that uh, with that transition? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to put the fly hat on and represent those hey, guys i got no issues there obviously they're great supporters of sea time great supporters of off-road viking you gotta love those guys doing great stuff oh, yeah. in the off-road world but this isn't an ad this is seat time we're talking about all kinds of fun stuff that's going on so uh a little bit a weird introduction that was brought up uh is that a train are we listening to a train i have totally lost you with the audio man i i just heard a train I don't know. Are you there? Yeah. You hear the train? Yeah, that's that's uh, down the road. But for that's me. real. That wasn't like uh, fake, was it? I'm getting like the audio's in and out right now. Sorry. But that's okay. If you can hear me, the train was real. Okay. All right. The yeah. The train was real. All right. We're good now. And we're not. That's good okay. Again. Let me try something real we're quick. Let me try something really quick. I'm going to stay live for a second while he tries to figure this stuff out. That's okay. So. I think I just heard a train, which was kind of interesting. I, I knew that Daniel Engel was out in the middle of nowhere, but that really kind of signifies the fact that he is out in the middle of nowhere. While he tries to figure out what's going on, we'll see if we can get it, we'll see if we can't. We know we had a lot of issues of Brian Elliott getting dropped before. What did I do? I rambled on, figured it out, we kept moving. We're going to figure it out, we're going to keep moving. It's going to be fun. Okay, so... Okay. What are some of the things that we like to what talk about? We like to talk about rumors, we like to talk about big news, all that kind of stuff. Well, one of the things that I also like to talk about is what has been going on in the world. One of the things is the weekend chatter. We just had uh, round three of the Toro series this past weekend. It was in Tonga, Texas, which for those of you who have absolutely no idea where that is, which I didn't either for a while, it's just south of Canton, Texas. Uh, it's been unfortunately very dry here in Texas, so what we've been getting is absolutely no moisture. And it was a complete dust bowl, and it was ragged out like crazy. I actually did race again in the heavy A class. Sucked uh, royally. Um, haven't ridden in a long time. Decided to go race. Arms were blown out. It was horrible. So it sucked for me. What do you think over there, Daniel? You got it figured out or no? That's still a negative? That's okay. He's still trying to figure it out. Uh, I did notice that I think I can hear myself. So while you're trying to figure it out, if you can turn me off on your end if nothing else. No, that's okay. We'll figure it out. But, so, that was one of the things that was going on. Was it fun? Yeah, I mean, I got to go out and ride my butt, dirt bike and see a bunch of buddies. That was cool. But, you know, beyond that, I don't really know. Uh, I think I would have preferred to save money and stayed home. So, we'll see. And I'm getting in some comments here. Like, really bad? 
<laughs> so it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to host here, produce, and also fix a uh, troubleshoot at the same time. So we'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. But um, so what am I drinking right now? Well, of course, I'm using my seat time pint glass to make things ever classy as I can. And then uh, I had uh, a farmhouse ale that I was uh, taking part in a little bit ago. I just saw some thumbs up, so we're going to get back in a second. But of course, I've got this fine little leprechaun cider I'm going to go to in a little bit. Fill up the seat time pint glass. So I think I got a thumbs up. We're going to go. I don't know how good of a job I might have done just trying to save anything. But at the same time, that's okay. We didn't have anything to lose. You know what was happening? That was all planned. It's the way it's supposed to go. So, Mr. Engel, what have you been up to, Yo. kind sir, throughout this past weekend? What have you been prepping in the world of you? Uh, really, the last week or so, we've kind of stepped back, took a little break from the website. As you'll notice, or some people might notice if they ever go to the site, that the content has been down this week. We just kind of been a long year, taking a little bit of time off, but getting ready to fire things back up and get back at it. I like that. I like that. Get back at it. I'm actually typing that right now because it was such a good statement. So we did have a lot of fun news that was coming out this past week. Um, you guys might have been it, – it, it sucks because one of the things that I realize is that whenever I try to take a break and maybe take a week off or you know not update anything on my website – that's always when all the crazy crap hits the fan, and I'm like, where am I right now? I'm absolutely nowhere. I'm not being able to update anything, and uh, it kind of sucks. So it's some big news um, in the fact that we had uh, quite a few teams and some riders be announced with their teams this past week. Um, one of the big things was with 2013 for KTM, they announced their six-man team, and Husaberg announced their two-man team um, for some of the off-road series that they uh, take part in. So... That was some pretty big news. We got Mike Brown, Maria Forsberg on the Enduro Cross scene. Mike Brown obviously is going to take part in just about everything because that's what Mike Brown does. Uh, Kirk Caselli, Ivan Ramirez, again, kind of taking part in a little bit more of the West Coast stuff, probably Baja specifically. Um, and then Charlie Mullins and Stuart Baylor in the, in, excuse me, that's that beer, uh, in the Enduro GNCC, kind of more East Coast off-road stuff. Mike Lafferty, Russell Bobbitt going to Husaberg. Well, obviously Lafferty staying there and then... Bobbit going there. That was a lot of chatting. So I have my opinions. I want to know yours first, and then we will figure out a way to create chaos out of nothing. Cool. And what opinions do you want on KTM? Oh man, I just lost your audio again. One more time. What do you think about KTM? Oh, okay. Oh man, they put together a powerhouse team for 2013. Uh, no surprise, really. I mean, Mullins, Caleb, uh, Stu, you, know, you get Caselli, uh, Ivan, Brown, and Maria. I mean, dude, that's – there's – you know, it's unreal that KTM's able to put that many riders under a factory tent. Then with the Husaberg efforts bringing Lafferty and Bobbitt along, uh, I mean, KTM's going to be a force to be reckoned with for 2013, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting – the way I, I've tried to figure out exactly the Husaberg KTM deal, it seems like Husaberg is Husaberg, KTM is KTM, but they do have kind of like an overlapping umbrella. Um, and I do know that there yeah. are certain people like Anti that run both teams, um, and Christy that kind of helps out with both of those teams. So it's interesting how they their dynamics, if you will say. So Russell Bobbitt, who was on the KTM team for quite a few years uh, up till now, is now being. I don't know if you want to call it shuffled, moved over, put on, or just being hired by uh, Husaberg for the 2013 team uh, to join Mike Lafferty. Mike Lafferty has been, uh, been on the Husaberg team for quite a while now, riding their four strokes. Obviously, they're still their two strokes. Bobbitt's a two stroke guy. You know, they've been, and Husaberg's been touting the fact that they are the uh, pure enduro bike. That's And so I would think if they're coming back to two strokes, they're introducing the 125. Uh, I don't think either of those guys are going to ride one of those bikes, but it's a, it makes sense to have those of those both of those two-stroke guys on their bikes. I'm very glad to see Baylor picking up a full-time ride. If KTM would have let him go, oh, that yeah. would have been absolutely ridiculous. Um, but I, I I don't I don't um I kind of I kind of hesitant to say powerhouse. I'm, I don't know. Like powerhouse is a good word, but it also it. KTM's the biggest player right now, and I don't know if that's good, bad, or if I should be indifferent to that, but they definitely have collected uh, a mass amount of riders over there on under their tent, as she said. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I guess I see what you're saying, how it could be bad, but 
you know, they're the only guys really putting that much effort into off-road. So really, if there's anything bad, it's the fact that the other teams aren't doing something similar. You know, Yamaha and uh, out here on the East Coast and GNCC, Yamaha being the only other real factory effort, even though it's not technically factory. But, uh, you know, yeah, I see what you're saying. That could be bad, but I, I think it's at least they're still, at least KTM's still investing in the sport and uh, their pro riders. So I think that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I think it's hard sometimes because I'm such a KTM fanboy. I really am. Um, obviously a huge Kurt Caselli fan as well. Got to meet him at the ISDE. Still have to talk about it because it's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I look forward to seeing if Baylor, if Baylor even, uh, not only is he going to continue to grow, um, but now that he has full factory support and going to be completely under the tent this year, um, you know, what can he do now? Is it going to be bigger, better? Um, and, you know, what bike did he pick? I know he was testing the 450s, 350s, 300s, 250s, you know, all that kinds of stuff. Charlie Mullins, you know, he, he just had a kid, had kind of an off year. How's he going to come back on the East Coast? I don't know. What do you think about those two guys? How do you think that they're going to par up for next year? I think as far as Baylor's concerned, I think uh, I've heard he's going to be on the 252 stroke again. So I really don't see, you know, obviously he's going to have a learning curve, but, you know, Stu showed this year that he could run up front in the overall from row two. You know, he's he's led the overall a couple of times uh, and, you know, finished on the podium a few times this year. So I don't think that uh, Stu's got too much of a learning curve as you see some guys that come from XC2 to XC1. Uh, I think he... Will he win a championship next year? Uh, probably not, just because. Well, I don't know. He may, but not taking anything away from him. But you know, That's there's some like, heavy, heavy talent in XC1. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but then with Mullins, uh, you know, that dude's a beast. I mean, he'll he'll come out this year or in 2013, and and yeah, I could see Mullins, you know, capturing uh, the championship for next year easy. So. Um, but, yeah, both of those guys are going to be tough in 2013, uh, no doubt about it. Interesting. I think uh, it's good to see that they've got Mike Brown back. I love. I, I, you, you can't not like Mike Brown. He's a really cool dude. Uh, then Maria Forsberg, we got to talk with uh, both of those guys different times for our interviews. Uh, absolutely the coolest people. They're really, really nice. Haven't had a chance to talk with Ivan Ramirez, but Kirk Caselli, like I said, met him in person, did an interview with him. Super cool dude. KTM has got just a, 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 a plethora of nice people underneath their tent. Looking forward to the 2013 year. And by no means, this isn't really like a show where I think, I mean, we could talk about whatever we want for 2013. We can go into that. But, you know, it, it, we could. I was just kind of thinking about the KTM type squad, so then the Hoosabug type squad, things like that. Um, I mean, if we wanted to delve into that, we could. Obviously, there are going to be more people than just the KTM riders that could win a championship, like Mr. Paul Wibley. That just did win a championship yeah. another person who could possibly win a championship is say i don't know a rider like josh strang so if a guy like josh strang came back do you think that he could win a championship or is he just had too much time off uh no i mean he definitely can win uh there you know he's shown that i think the biggest thing that strang will have against him is the fact that uh you know unless somebody comes along that we don't know about yet and puts money behind him but for the most part the the big players, KTM, Yamaha, uh, they've got their their guys set for 2013, and you know that that's probably going to be his biggest struggle is having that kind of factory support. Just in my opinion, yeah. but can he win next year if he comes back? Most definitely. Yeah, I think uh, that's actually a really good uh, point because say like say you look look, look at Supercross guys. I mean, how long have those guys been testing? You know, for Supercross, and I mean, they're three, four weeks out, but they've been testing for a lot longer. You know, just in the past month. So, in the sense that a lot of the KTM guys who've been on KTM's, they've been testing the KTM's. I mean, we saw Baylor making updates a good month, month and a half ago about trying to figure out a bike. Um, so, but then, like, what if Josh Strang picked up some random weird deal with a company that he hasn't been on before? You know, then he would just be starting on that bike, say in a month, you know, or a week, or whatever it would be, and then. You know, he's got, what, March, I guess, is the first GNCC in Florida. So, I mean, that's, mm. I mean, it's four, three and a half months, but still, that's, I mean, that is not very much time, you know, because I don't think he would pick up Suzuki again. He's been riding the KTM, but, you know, KTM kind of has a full deck, full factory out east. So, I mean, he had to, you know, I don't know. 
I like to speculate. I like rumors. I think it's fun to kind of figure out like what ifs and oh, yeah. that kinds of stuff. So if you had like one big rumor, one big what if, you know, like be like, oh my goodness, this is the craziest stuff ever. Like, would there be anything particular that comes to mind that uh, you might have read on some kind of bathroom wall or something? <laughs> uh, no, you know, really, I hate to disappoint, but no, I can't think of anything just totally uh, outlandish, except for you did mention uh, Ferringer on a Pegasus bike for 2013. So that might be big news, hey. but, uh, you know. Flying horses I, I, in the woods! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, really, it's been kind of quiet. Uh, we haven't heard a whole lot of crazy stuff. I think a lot of guys are, you know, the ones that we expect to be set are already setting their rides for next year. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's hard to say, you know, I, I read the other day, Thad's already, you know, Thad Duvall's already back with Honda with a little bit more support this year. You know, Yamaha's got their deal done, KTM's. So I don't know, uh, Strain could be the big, I guess, uh, surprise for 2013, depending on what he ends yeah, up doing, if, I guess. It's so. a big if, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I love Josh String. He's a great dude. Got to hang out with him ISDE. I will keep throwing that out there because I did go to the ISDE this year, so sorry. But yeah, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> the unfortunate thing for everybody has to find out is that I did pay for it for myself, and uh, I'm still paying for it, if you know what I mean. But uh, So one of the things, too, that I thought was interesting while I was looking around on different bathroom walls is that I found out some interesting stuff that there that there may actually be more riders under the Ampro tent for next year, and they may not all be on two wheels, and that is that blows my mind. I didn't hear any names, any names, and all that stuff, but it was just like, chip, 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 chip. what? I was like, oh my gosh! So that's a fun rumor because it's just like, is it another GNCC rider? Is it another OMA? Rider? You know what I mean? Like it's like because it, it, the Ampro guys aren't. Is it an Enduro rider? I don't know. Um, because Ampro isn't just at GNCCs, it's not just at Enduros, you know, they do have some, uh, and then Wibbly does a lot of the OMAs, so, I mean, they might be bringing somebody else there. I think that's kind of fun. So, have you heard anything, maybe, possibly, about uh, what Ampro could be doing there? Obviously, we know that that, you know, Yamaha's a big uh, employer of you guys with your different teams and stuff like that, but what if you know anything, you know, something like that? Uh, I did hear some rumors at Loretta's that, uh, Yamaha had actually spoke to Randy Hawkins about taking over the quad program. Uh, will that happen? I don't know. Uh, and then as far as the other rider, I have heard that it will be a national enduro only rider. So uh, there will be an extra rider is the rumor I'm hearing. Not confirmed, but I'd say there'll be a press release on that pretty soon. From what I heard today. Like it, like so. it. Well, today is Tuesday, December 4th. So let's look forward to seeing what we can figure out coming, uh, I guess, forward on all that kinds of stuff. We did actually, uh, as we were talking about, this, you know, we did mention that Nick Ferringer was going to be on a Pegasus. So what I thought was funny is that those were in my notes uh, for the show and uh, confirmed by uh, Jason Hooper slash Digital Off-Roads uh, exclusive update today on Facebook was that he is now uh, signed with... Uh, with Air Group Radiant Racing. Um, so it will be a support Husaberg ride um, under the Air Group Radiant tent. Um, I think that's going to be good for for Ferringer. It, it, it does suck the way that um, the way the KTM, KTM team got shuffled around, which then put Bobbitt kind of on the Husaberg team, and then which pretty much left Ferringer out without a ride. Uh, it's unfortunate, but as we've seen with multiple, multiple things, Recently, that is unfortunately the way the cookie crumbles or maybe the off-road teams fall apart and disappear. But, uh, so, Nick Ferringer, still on a Husaberg, but this time support factory. Do you think he's going to uh, be able to, to come out to the National Duros and OMAs and, and still put it down, or is it going to be a little less likely? No, yeah, I think uh, it'll be an easy transition for him. I mean, yeah, different team name, support team, but, you know, Nick's already got his Husabergs dialed in. He's used to the bike. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be an easy transition. I think he'll he'll still be the Nick Farringer that we all know and love. Uh, I think he'll uh, he'll go out there and rock it for sure uh, in 2013. <laughs> I do have to mention that we're getting some FaceTime again. And it's the awesomest thing ever because we're all looking up your nose right now. So you look absolutely amazing. And, uh, oh, 
Man, Rick, uh, Rick, Richard uh, just mentioned that uh, he's asking about Rory Mead. I haven't heard anything about Rory Mead next year. Have you heard anything? Uh, I hope he's not no. on a 450. I haven't. What Richard just said because if he's on a 450, come on, man, he won on a two-stroke. A two-stroke hadn't won since like Nate Canny in 2008. He needs to stay on the two-stroke. What the heck? <laughs> right? Well, he he did. You talking about Rory, yes, Rory right? Mead. You just kind of, yeah, you just kind of in out there. Yeah, I mean, Rory was kind of backwards and forwards this year as far as, um, you know, from the two-stroke to the four-stroke. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would imagine, I guess he'll be back with WMR for 2013. Uh, hadn't heard nothing from that side of the world, so I don't know. That's an interest, it's an interesting point. We have not heard much from that side of the world except for the fact that we know that Nate Canning is retiring. And then, well, he was on Honda this year. So we'll see how that goes for him and how it's gonna gonna proceed. Okay. So uh, one of the things that I noticed on the interweb this past weekend, especially on Facebook, was the fact that Richard Markland was having a transplant surgery, and I believe that that actually ties in a lot to a big uh, video that you guys put out earlier in the year. So I wanted to kind of open up the floor so that you could give everybody out there a little bit of a better idea, you know, what that was all about and the, how the, the you know the kidney transplant went down and stuff. Yeah, that was. Uh... You know, for the people that hadn't seen it, uh, we'd done a video back in August, July, I believe it was, uh, called uh, One Last Time with John Michael Rainey. And John, uh, he basically found out earlier this year that he's going to have to have a kidney transplant or go on dialysis. And uh, it was kind of funny how it all went down and kind of wild thinking back how everything turned out because uh, Richard came to me, uh, you know, like I said, back in July, I guess it was. And he asked me about doing a video with John Michael Rainey. Well, I didn't know the backstory right away. And at first I'm sitting there thinking, you know, John's a great kid. He's a really good sea rider, but he is a sea rider. Not that I, you know, I'm all about the amateurs getting exposure, but, you know, my thoughts were, why are we going, you know, why are we going to send cameras and everything to go do this video of a, a sea rider? And I got ready to shoot it down. I, you know, I, I'm sure you get it, get people giving you ideas of what you should do and what you shouldn't do all the time with your website. Uh, and so it, I was about to just kind of mark it off as that. But Richard, you know, told me the whole story, told me, you know, what was going on, uh, that pretty much this kid, he's raced his whole life. He was, in my opinion, John Michael had the kind of talent that it, we'd eventually, if this would have never been an issue, We'd eventually seen John Michael, you know, in the pro class at the GNCCs. Right. And so then he starts telling me the story and, it, you know, John Michael will never ride again after he has this surgery or after uh, he goes on dialysis. So once he told me that, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this is all making sense. I understand why. And, you know, it's a great story. So Richard actually went and filmed it himself and done a great job. That was his first time going out and, Filming something without me lurking over his shoulder and being a control freak. Was like, that I'm the boss? Do it to the left. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so he he goes and does the uh, the filming, and um, he brought you know he left out on Sunday morning, brought me all the uh, the camera equipment, and everything back Sunday night. I started watching through the tape, and dude, like you know, I'm sure you've seen the video. It's it's pretty emotional yeah. video. The stuff that didn't make it is ten times more emotional, maybe hundreds of times more emotional. Because I spent three days editing that, and when I got through, I watched the final edit, and I was like, "Man, I don't know if this really gets his story across." And I think it was because I was seeing all the, you know, the stuff that we didn't right. use, and then when it went out, it just uh, you know huge positive uh, uh, feedback about the video. Well. The video, you know, it goes out on the the web. Uh, Hoop from Digital helped get me uh, help me get it out there and everything. And uh, so we start getting emails from people. You know, I want to be a donor. What have I got to do to be a donor? And basically, I was forwarding that information to Janine Rainey, uh, John's mom. And uh, you know, lo and behold, I didn't realize, but Richard had went and done the first step, which is the blood test. Right. And you know. Didn't know anything about it at first, and then he comes and tells me, 
And I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, that's cool, you know. And I really, you know, in the back of your mind, you don't expect somebody, I mean, with the circumstances, you definitely don't expect them to be a match. Well, he gets the blood results back, and he's a match. And uh, so then that led him into the next phase. He had to go to Charleston and do some more testing. And, you know, still in my head, I'm like, yeah, Richard ain't going to be a match. You know, that's, there's no way. Yeah, he ends up being almost a perfect match for John Michael. Uh, and Richard went last Wednesday. He actually left last Sunday going to Charleston and met up with the Rainies. They, uh, they done the surgery on Wednesday. And I actually talked to Richard tonight, which, you know, I've been, uh, I talked to Richard on a daily basis, but talking to him tonight, he said that, uh, the kidney, you know, is pretty much doing perfect. I mean, it's, it's going as planned. Everything's great. Uh, you know, John won't have to be on dialysis anymore. Richard's doing good in his recovery. Extremely sore right now from being filleted open, but uh, he's he's doing great. And uh, dude's got a, a heart that's just huge, kind of like the Grinch where it blows out of the right. frame. That's Richard Marklin's heart. It's just he's a huge, you know, just a huge-hearted dude. And uh, you know, I think that shows. I mean, gave his body part to somebody, yeah. you know. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it all went down. And and uh, you know, the world needs more Richard Marklins, that's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, man. Uh, it was definitely a situation that I had no idea about before you guys did your video. Um, very touching because you can turn down anything um, as, you know, a as a producer, as a website, you know, contributor, as an author, uh, as an editorial writer. At that point in time, you can say, no, I don't want to write about that. No, I don't want to do a story about that. But the thing is, it's like you saw the opportunity there for really for a genuine story not a really good story not something that's going to bring a lot of press but at the same time a story that needed to be told and that is what good authors and good producers good directors good you know good humans do um and i think that's why it really touched me and why i th i took a lot from it now unfortunately it's uh, i won't lie i mean I, it was I, I immediately did not think that maybe he could use my kidney maybe i didn't understand the problem um but i am floor to find out that not only did someone you know wind up giving their kidney uh, to help this dude out but at the same time it was the guy who was there filming you know his his segment i mean that is awesome that is that needs to go beyond oh, yeah. the motorcycle community that is something that like you know you guys need to be on freaking you know like kelly clarkson or not kelly clarkson with like live with kelly like you <laughs> regis or whatever i mean that's yeah. some serious freaking awesomeness right there like and that's the kind yeah, of crap and, I mean, that needs to be shared. Richard, Richard definitely, you know that that's that was all Richard's doing. I mean, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, like you're saying, I'm not gonna lie. Like for the first, you know, little bit when I was editing, and then when I watched the video and seen the, yeah, there was a fleeting moment when I was sitting there thinking, you know, I'd, I'd like to go get tested. Then I'm like, now nah, I got two kids, I got a wife. You know, I talked myself out of it quick, and you know, I'm a basically, I guess, a wuss if you want to call it that or whatever, but. I'm you know, for me, well. I wasn't going to do it. But Richard, you know, thank God there's people like Richard out there that stepped up and, uh, you know, and made a difference, yeah. a huge difference. Well, I noticed uh, he has been in the chat room tonight, uh, chatting it up in our little social stream. So uh, Richard Marklin, definitely, uh, not only do we say thank you for being uh, here with us tonight as we're talking about you and about some of the news, but thank you very much for what you did. Uh, it's, it's a great story. Um, we are going to have to figure out a way that we could take this and move it beyond just the moto community. Cause I think it should be, um, it's, it is, it's a great story. Awesome. As, uh, Bolton would say, go America because we're awesome. <laughs> okay. I also heard some news about a new Cowie effort, which at the weird time, because of the fact that, you know, Cowie just killed our off-road program. So I go, Oh yeah. Okay. That's not going to happen. But then I found out, Oh, it's more of a shop based uh, Kawi program, um, Kawasaki, coming back to the GNCC. Uh, and then you start seeing pictures that Morgan Moss puts up. So obviously Morgan Moss is going to be on the team. Uh, but who else is on the team? I mean, I, I don't know if you're involved with the team, but it seems that Stickman Graphics is, which is your brother's company. If I've put my, right. put my bolts uh, in the right holes and uh, connected some pieces. So I, I would think you know more about this than I do. I haven't seen any press releases or anything like that. So what is it that you do or do not know about this new Cowie effort? Well, they're, they're still in the, um, the building phase of this whole program. But you're right, it's a, a shop-based Cowie effort. Uh, they'll all be riding green next year. 
Uh, Morgan Moss is signed. Uh, so that part but I think they're they're kind of doing something different with Morgan. Um, he's Morgan's going to be doing what I've heard today was Morgan's going to be doing some motocross, uh, amateur motocross like uh, Loretta's well, and uh, right? Minio. Well, he yeah. done Minio's the other day, and uh, so and he's going to do some GNCCs. There, what I heard today was, you know, Robbie Horton uh, who rode Supercross years ago. Uh, he he may be back with them next year. Uh, they're working on that right now in XC2 class. Uh, kind of stepping back, pulling a Jesse Robinson, I guess you, you could will. say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they've talked to some other riders. They've got some riders there. Uh, they talked to uh, earlier today. And basically, they're just they're trying to get everything uh, lined up and ready to roll for uh, 2013. But I think it's going to be Dwayne Leonard over there at Atlas, uh, he does a great job managing the team. He had his amateur effort this year with uh, uh, several riders. Uh, you had Ryan Ballou and Dylan Stout uh, and Matthew Nix, and then Robbie Horton obviously riding XC1 a couple times the GNCCs. But uh, he does a really good job with his programs. His riders seem to get along with him. He gets along with, with them. Uh, look for big things out of that bunch. I think uh, – you know, 2013 will be their growing year, but I look for them to keep stepping the, uh, you know, raising the bar, if yeah. you will, uh, in their program. Yeah, I mean, they, they, obviously they're not just a fledgling team. They're an absolutely brand new team. Um, it sounds like that it's not, you know, somebody that's been running the team for a while that's stepping in to kind of, you know, take on this new venture. This is completely new. Um, we know that they're, even if they have um, riders who are veterans, maybe uh, – you know, still next E2 class like Morgan Moss is, but he's a veteran to the GNCC series and even still some of the, he, he's kind of new to motocross, but he's been, you know, he's still a good rider. Uh, but when it comes to having a team manager and, you know, having people that are paying for all these bikes, paying for all these parts, you really have to figure out how everything melds together. So I think it's going to be fantastic that a shop um, and some other, uh, maybe investors, I'm not too sure exactly the dynamics of it, but, you know, that someone's stepping up and making this happen because that's what needs to happen. Um, you know, if big factory efforts aren't going to be there, we need to find a way to get these smaller privateer things going. Uh, I can't front yeah. everybody a bike, which would be awesome. Um, and then I would hope that they would all just race under the awesomeness of Brian Pierce. But, you know, I mean, who's going to really want to do that, I mean, honestly? Who wants to be in my shadow? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I fart. It's horrible. <laughs> it's no fun for anybody. But I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, so, okay. When it comes to the GNCC and rumors for next year, do we have anything else? What do you think? Uh, Come on. Nothing? Yeah. Nothing? Uh, trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, I don't uh, – oh, well, I do know that, that Frank Keegan from KR4, you know, yeah, the guy that uh, uh, kind of helps uh, UK7 yeah. or, well, UK Jason whatever his Thomas. number is now, uh, Jason Thomas uh, – he is heading up a program next year called Ride and Arrive. Uh, we're looking to help them out with some of their media stuff for next year. And um, they're, they've got a pretty cool thing uh, going there where basically the rider will show up. They'll, uh, you know, everything will be there for them. If you want to show up in your little Honda Civic to save on some fuel mileage, uh, you know, you get there. They've got everything ready for you. Uh, also, shameless plug, my brother, Stickman hey. Graphics, uh, I think it's going to be doing all the graphics for them. So they'll have some really fresh-looking bikes, stickmangraphics.com. But, uh, you know, they that's a pretty cool deal that they've got going on over there to try to help guys that may not have, uh, the way Frank uh, described it to me is, you know, you get guys that are they're pro riders that don't have pro backing. Well, this is a way for them to get involved with this program. These guys take care of their bikes and they've got the same support that they would have if they were underneath, say, uh, uh, Ampro Yamaha tent or a, a factory KTM tent. Okay. So pretty cool deal there. Um, do you know, uh, so this will be a situation where, is this going to cost the, or the rider anything? Um, are they signing up for this and they're saying, okay, cool. We'll do this for you, as in, like, we'll take your bike to the races, we'll do the service on it, you will be race-ready when you show up, and it's going to cost you X a year? Or is this something where they're, they're signing on certain riders, um, you know, for this program? I think there's a mixture of both. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that, but, uh, yeah, there, it is a paid program. 
uh, but they are looking for they. I think they're looking for some pro guys that you know. I don't how I don't know how it all oh, work yeah. out as far as how much money goes across the table or whatever. But but yeah, it's a paid effort. But it's you know when they break the numbers down and then you look at what you would spend normally in a year, you, yeah. you would save some money if you're less, at that top level. Significantly less for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think I, uh, you know to get guys out there like say like a Toby Price. Toby Price, you know, he's won the four day in uh, Australia multiple times. You know, he was uh, easily in the in the top this year. He was on the second Australian team. If that guy wanted to come over to the United States, get on a team like this, he's like, okay, cool. I'm gonna spend ten grand. I don't know what it would be. Give these guys ten grand, and they just take care of his bike, take care of getting everything to the races. Seems like a great deal because even though he has connections, he knows people. This may be a lot easier for him to come over. Be like, here's my money, here's my bike, make it happen. And that's it. He doesn't have to do anything else. He can worry about his gear contract, yeah. his helmet contracts, and just show up to race his kick ass, and hopefully then maybe get a bigger deal. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I, I see as being the advantage of that. You know, like you say, if it's ten grand or whatever the cost is, uh, you know, this this rider's not having to worry about prepping the box through the week or you know uh, all the stuff that comes along with being a privateer. And you know, like you said, hopefully allows them the time to train, ride, whatever. In order to make it to that uh, next level uh, and get a, a factory ride. Yeah. Uh, sorry, somebody Facebooking me OMG. on the phone. OMG! Uh, What's the deal here? Why can't people just pay it? I'm just kidding. Actually, I, you you Facebook all you want as long as you tag me in more awesome pictures like you did earlier. <laughs> I have no problem with it. That was the best picture ever. That was from about a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. 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 I actually found that. And you you have a seat time folder on my computer, and uh, I pulled that out of the archives just for tonight. Well, so. Absolutely worth it, and I am very glad that you did. So something <laughs> I did see as well that I like to talk about is the GNCC season next year. It does feel very one-sided right now with the GNCC stuff, and I apologize for that. It's just like that's just some of the big news. I'm digging around a lot. You know, that's where we find it. I, Loretta Lynn's is not the last race this year. They're going back to the Ironman. Um, which has been the last for a very, very long time. I know Hoop was complaining about Loretta Lynn's, but whatever. And so, do you have anything to say about that? Are you depressed at all, or are you happy? You know, does it does it make? Yeah, you happy? I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, uh, I do like going to Loretta's last round. I know it's just it's Loretta Lynn's. It's just kind of uh, kind of a cool. Uh, atmosphere and everything for the final round but you know iron man is really you know up there in crawfordsville that's a really cool last round too you know when they were doing that two years ago so yeah i would prefer that loretta's be the final round but you know life goes on is what it is we can live with it okay okay well uh yeah again uh as i've said many a times this has been my second year um, to really, really in-depth try to follow the GNCC series. Um, and so, being if you go two years back, it's been Loretta Lens, Loretta Lens, and then it was Ironman before that. So, unfortunately, what I've known has been last, last bit. Woo, that's cider. It's making me gassy. Excuse me. Man, I look like an idiot, but that happens all the time, so I'm used to it. <laughs> so, I'm kind of like, oh, man, Hurricane Mills, Loretta Lynn's not happening at the end of the year. But, you know, everybody else seems really excited about it. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be fun. Hopefully I get to go to a lot more this year. Um, and I look forward to seeing a little bit of change, you know, if nothing else from my perspective. So um, yeah. the National Enduro Series, they're, you know, they're getting bigger, getting a little bit stronger, putting things out. It looks like they're changing a couple things this year. One of the big things is their number format. So typically you'd see, you know, you'd finish ninth, say like Cole Kirkpatrick did one year, you'd be on row 29. Finish first, you're on row 21. Well, they're kind of changing that up for this year. You would be on that row for the full year. So they're changing it up so where if you were to finish second um, at the first race, then you would then be on row 22 for your second race. Or um, in, in the top 15 guys overall, including the A class from the year before, have to be pro, and you have to ride on row 21 through 35 after that if you are then elevating yourself to the pro class you start at 36 and go back um i don't know man um i think telling people that if in the top 15 you have to ride pro 
a little presumptuous. Obviously, I, I mean, if you were to say top 10, sure, great, yeah, do it. But I honestly think that there could be a couple guys that are in the A class. They might like to go to all the races, but they just don't want to be in the paying class. It costs more to race as a professional. The class entries are more because they have a purse. Um, so telling people to do that, almost, I don't know. I, I didn't really dig the way it was worded, if maybe nothing else. Um, and then as well, I think that if you were to say, hey, you know, you did really good last round. You know, you started on row 36. You maybe should be in the mid-20s. I would like to give you the option to then have your fourth pick of what row you want to be on, not say you are now on row 24. Look how Stuart Baylor did from row 36 this past year. Won the National Enduro Championship. So, I mean, those are kind of some of my immediate takeaways from when I was reading that kind of stuff. So, I, I know you've seen the press release. I know that you've... You might have had time to think about it, You've, you know. So, what are your thoughts? Anything, anything unkosher, kosher with you? What do you think? I, I kind of like it. Uh, That's I mean, fine. You can hate you've on got my, a lot my, of. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> you can shit uh, on my I like about it is... all you want. <laughs> and, uh, what I like about it is the fact that you're taking the the top fifteen guys and kind of pushing them into that. That pro class. I see what you're saying, but I also like the fact that um, you know it builds the class. You know, it puts more pros in there, and uh, instead of just becoming you know kind of like GNCC does towards the end of the season, where XC One's got like I don't know, it seems like there's two guys in it, but you know, really it gets down to like nine guys on the front row. Uh, but I like the 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 fifteen uh, the top fifteen. You know, I could take it or leave it. Uh, I do like the way they're they're doing the rows. I mean, Stu done awesome from 36 this year, but uh, I like the the thought of allowing these guys to kind of rotate. It, it'll be interesting to see if it makes any differences okay. this yeah, year. Absolutely. Uh, so, and then you know, you got some people that uh, that are head cases that move them back. You know, if they they get moved back to say row 28 and they've been on 22, you know, that that could really uh, weigh into the points or whatever towards the end of the season and the way they ride. So I don't know. I like it. Um, it's, I don't think it's a bad thing yeah. at all. I, I almost think, uh, I've raced Enduros my whole life. I mean, that is, uh, we, weirdly what I knew first and still what I love to do to this day. Um, I've moved up from being the mini rider all the way to the double a class in TSEC. And now that I have spent a couple years there, I will now be, a you know, uh, move deck, move back down to the A class, which I'm more than okay with at this point. Those guys are freaking crazy. But I would almost say, having been on row 23 for three years in TSEC, that if you're going to do something on a national level, don't let anybody that's not at least a B rider or doing the long course in the for, in the 21 through 36 category. That is going to make a big difference because if nothing else, if you're going to be in that category, you're nine times out of ten going to know how to race an enduro. And when somebody is up behind you and you can hear another bike, they're coming to pass you. And you know that they're yeah. on the row behind you and they're trying to get in front of you because they're facing the clock, not you. Now, you do have a lot of, a lot of guys that ride with their, guy, their friends who are in the, you know, the A class. They do a great job. They get in there. They get out of the way. I mean, I've done it. I was on 18, and I got past an umpteen amount of time at National Enduros by 21, 22, 23. I hear a bike. I hear somebody yelling. I get off the damn trail because if nothing else, I'm going to get run over, and that would suck for everybody because my back would be nowhere near be as sexy. So I don't know. It's just kind of like another another weird – I don't know. It's weird. It's interesting. I like to talk about that stuff, so it's fun. So, I mean, I don't know. That's what we're here for, to talk about talk it. About so, it make, make But, I don't know, yeah, I, I kind of do like the what you're saying there, you know, maybe take the B guys, C guys, I guess that's what you was getting oh, yeah. at, take them and don't allow them to be in those that block of rows uh, where the pro guys yeah, are at. Nothing else, and, at uh, least only yeah, allow I can see that. course riders, maybe. You know, if, if you, oh, what was that if again? you were to say maybe just long course riders, um, so... You know, you, you don't have, you're not going to have any C guys that are long course riders, but you're going to have some A guys, which maybe are in the age category, and some B guys who are in an age category, or they're just in a, you know, like a super short kind of class where they're not going to, they're not going to need to be 
um, in you know with the pro riders. You know, they might want to be on the row with uh, with freaking you know Russell Bobbitt just because it's cool, but. That, you know, them being able to be on his row because it's cool is going to screw up his race way more than it would be if they're having, you know, yeah. a, bunch of, a bunch of guys who know how to race an enduro, which I know it sounds dumb and it sometimes can be, um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys out there that they don't get the concept of if you hear somebody behind you, they've caught okay. you, they're ahead of you, move over, get out of the way. You've got so many guys, they'll, they'll do the look back and you know, do everything they can to try to stay in front of you. But yeah, those guys need to be row 64, yeah. row 92, whatever, get, move them on back. Get just as good of a ride, um, you know, closer, closer to the forties or, you know, in front of, they can be there, but it's cool. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I'm going to have fun. You're going to have fun. We're going to keep moving forward. One of the people out there who likes to always have fun fly racing, um, you know, you know how they like to have fun. They sponsor shows like this, Sea Time. They sponsor websites like Daniel Ingalls, OffRoadViking.com. So once you want to do FlyRacing.com, you want to go check them out, um, and you want to support those guys because of the fact that they support guys like us. They make sure that the little things in life that we want to do to have fun. This isn't my main job. It might be Daniel's, but this is something I do for fun. And they see that, and they know that they want to be a part of this. Um, and I would hope that people out there would feel genuine enough. America, go bolt on, would uh, want to support that. So check them out, flyracing.com. they got all kinds of new stuff for 2013, which has been out since it feels like 2012, but it still is. So just go check them out. They're my best friends, and they could be your best friends. And I think that that is a friendship worth making. So it's not the worst time. Okay, uh, economies, series, and pro purses is uh, a little bit of where i was going with different thoughts in my head when we were talking earlier and you know we we've had teams pull out we've had uh you know riders get dropped all that kinds of weird stuff and i was looking at some of the breakdowns for the gncc racers um so and again it was just the more the more accessible um pro purse i tried to get in touch with the jday guys um i tried to get in touch with works guys oma um, and the National Enduro. Unfortunately, I did not get emailed back in time, but Jen Kenyon over at uh, Racer Productions, she hit me back right in, uh, immediately, so it was awesome. Um, they start at $1,000, and they work their way down to 15th place. Uh, the last five get $100 in the XC1 class, and then, of course, $1,000, and it, it works its way down from there till 10th place. 11th through 15th get 100 bucks. Um, XC2, it's like 600, 500, 400, you know, and then it's like 50 bucks for uh, sixth place in the XC2. If an XC2 were to finish in um, the overall podium, he would then gain an, uh, an extra allotment of money. I don't remember the exact amount of money. So that's what we're working with when it comes down to pro purses. Now, that's not obviously including salaries, budgets, uh, bonuses, any kinds of things like that that riders would get. But, you know, we're, we're talking about all those kinds of stuff. Does that seem like fair amount of money to you for these guys to be getting? Or, I mean, do we think that something, you know, that – Maybe there needs to be some changes there for more riders wanting to be come out so then our, our, our rider numbers get bigger and more teams develop. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, I would like to see the pros making an off-road making a heck of a lot more money. I don't think that it 100% lies upon the series' responsibilities. I don't think that, you know, GNCC, per instance, is – uh, completely responsible for making sure these guys make an income. But you know, when you go to New York at Unadil this year and you see the crowd we had up there and uh, you know the, the race didn't even get started until 3 o'clock, it's kind of like, yeah, they could probably afford to put a little bit more than $1,000 on the top spot. But you know, that's, something they, that's their call on that. I, I think what really needs to happen with the pro guys is people need to start thinking outside of the box kind of in a NASCAR. This is kind of jumping – Away nope. from the subject, no, I guess. No, but I, uh, I actually, I want to know exactly what you're about to say, so say it. What they need to do, in my opinion, which may be totally wrong, but uh, what I think needs to happen is these guys need to quit relying on the KTMs, the Yamahas, uh, the Kawasaki's, whoever, the factories, or even the FMFs or whoever, to pay their salary it's it's almost like these teams need to get in a nascar mindset and i know it's tough because the media coverage is so limited at a an off-road event but if we could start finding outside sponsors that aren't 
moto related or, or uh, off road related, because if I'm if I'm a FMF, am I going to dump a bunch of money into a series? Probably not from a, a you know a company standpoint because I'm selling product, and do I need to put more money into it to sell that product? No, uh, just like you see tons of KTM's, tons of Yamahas out there. These people are going to buy that product. So I think what needs to happen is like companies need to be brought in that have like a similar uh, uh, market, you know, like say some type of hunting company or something that sells, I don't know, bows and arrows or guns or whatever, uh, archery equipment. They Maybe they need to be involved with a team to where, you know, you guys that race off-road, they're probably going to be into – deer hunting they're going to be into outdoorsy stuff and it don't necessarily have to be that but you know finding similarities to where it entices a company to come in and be involved and then grow it from that uh i think it needs to go that route um okay uh i'm going to take notes i'm going to leave the video on you for a second i'm going to take notes and uh comment on exactly what you're saying so uh i want to clarify though with uh one of the things that you said was that you said that you thought it should be the riders, and I'm not judging. I'm just clarifying. Um, you you said that you thought it should be the riders, um, you know, job to maybe find sponsors for them um, outside of say maybe just the bike. You know, they're 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 looking for outside of the industry sponsors that could be you know things to fill the gap. You know, maybe they're they're riding a Yamaha, they're getting ten thousand dollars, whatever that little weird spot is. But then, you know, they've got their five other main sponsors. Maybe that's, you know, $8,000 a piece. So then they're making, you know, whatever that lump sum is. Is that kind of clarify a little bit Similar, more but just, not necessarily putting it on yeah, the rider. Okay, well, yeah, clarify uh, that just a little bit more. Maybe so the can, team aspect okay, of it. Okay, so that's more of um, that would be something maybe so we're, we're thinking – I'm trying to pick a small team right off the, the top of my head, but uh, KR4, you know, th- this is before I just found out, you know, that say they're not doing the, the program they're doing next year. So it, it's it's more on them, which I agree to find some of those outside the industry sponsors. But what does a team like KR4 do when they go to those outside the industry sponsors? Now, obviously, I think you're absolutely correct that, hey, we're going to the GNCC races. On Saturday, they have four-wheeling racing. So typically, most of the guys that are going to be out there on the weekend are going to be off-road guys, which might be hunting guys, which are going to be people that, let's see if we can get Cabela's or like, you know, a big, uh, you know, the Bass Pro Shops and things like that. Um, what what entices them to then sponsor a low-level team like a KR4 versus a KTM who's not going to partner with a Cabela's? Well, you know, one thing... You know they've got the XC2 championship. I'm not saying this would be an easy sale at all. It'd be a very difficult one. No, but you no, know, and, uh, if I'm again, KR4, I, not, I go and present. I'm not telling you you're wrong. I just want to think. I, I again want to think outside the box on that because maybe somebody's listening that doesn't know how to do it, and, and, and we might give them any ideas, or we might tell them we're dumb for thinking it. So that's fine either way. Like, yeah, and I think you know you you present first. You know, hey, we got if I'm KR4, we've got Jason Thomas. Uh, he just won XC2 championship. Uh, you know, and then you have to go and and find you know websites like mine, yours, uh, hoops, uh, you know, Verb Off Road, GNCC. Get all of your media together, present that to them. Here's here's the kind of media uh, the media exposure you get. Here's then NBC Sports uh, airs. You know, Hooper does the edit for those uh, those guys on the uh, the GNCC show. NBC Sports airs the uh, the races. You know, you use that kind of stuff. And like I say, this is all just kind of maybe nonsense floating oh, around in my no, head, but I, I love it, it may not pan I, I think, out. Um, the, the biggest thing that you come, uh, I, I love to brainstorm, and I think the best thing about brainstorming is dumb ideas because when you take 10 dumb ideas, you find one extremely good idea. Or, I mean, you could even, in brainstorming, you can find, you know, one horrible idea, but nine semi-really good ones, and then those semi-nine good ones become one absolutely amazing idea. I want this sport to grow. I do not want this sport to go anywhere. Um, and so when it comes down to this kind of stuff, I think that if people are having trouble thinking outside the box, we could do it for them. I'm not saying they are, but it seems like it, and that's okay. Um, everybody gets stuck in a rut, and I think that we're fairly intelligent people. You know, I like to say that. Look at me. 
But, you know, I, so it's fun. <laughs> um, so going back to the kind of commenting downright on the, the hunting aspect of it, um, I, again, completely agree with maybe like a Cabela's or like a, a Bass Pro Shop. Um, I was going to go and bring up, the, you know, say like the Camel Supercross or like when some of the, you know, adult beverage sponsors used to be, you know, big sp- or, you know, adult beverage companies used to be big sponsors of, say, like a Supercross. Um, where did that go? Uh, when when did the responsibility go to the promoters to not pick people that are willing to give them money to promote their series um, and to make it bigger and make it better? When did the responsibility become on the promoters to make sure that kids didn't drink alcohol? Uh, in that weird relationship. Yeah. Again, uh, I'm not saying I agree, disagree, either way. I can tell you my opinions if, if, if those are needed, but... You know, what do you think about that? Like, do you do you see a need or not a need for industry sponsors like that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be great to see an open door to where you get some bigger sponsors coming in, if it is alcohol or if it is, you know, tobacco, whatever. But on the flip side, I can see where a GNCC or a J-Day or somebody like that may be uncomfortable with going, even though they might be okay with the, the brand itself, they might not be comfortable with associating it to their series. And even though it's not a series sponsor from the outside looking in, if you're walking through pro row, you're seeing that kind of stuff, especially here in the Southeast, you know, alcohol is kind of taboo uh, to an extent. Uh, it's one of those things where people act like they don't drink, but they do. Uh, but, uh, you know, and I could see how that might would deter a GNCC from wanting to have that. And then, Obviously, your your tobacco products, man. There's such a campaign against that stuff, and you know, not saying that I'm for tobacco products being used, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but you know, there's such a push nationwide and a taboo on the tobacco products. Now, I don't see any series touching that with a ten foot pole, saying, "Hey, well, let's bring uh, you know Camel back in like they used to be back in the day, or, or you know, a, a cigarette brand or a uh, a tobacco brand." Um, you know, it's kind of a shame in a way, uh, but I can understand why they wouldn't allow those from their perspective, why they wouldn't want to allow those, those different sponsors to come right. in. Okay. Um, all valid points. Completely agree. I do not support, uh, a nicotine habit. I don't, I just, I, I think it's disgusting. Um, I did it for a couple years after through, through college and after, and I don't know what I was thinking, uh, social, whatever. But uh, our good friend at Fly Racing uh, just sent me a note about possible uh, energy drink type stuff. And I have to say, it's interesting because there are no regulations on energy drinks. Um, yet energy drinks now... Hey, yeah, exactly. It, there are no regulations on energy drinks. Um, yet energy drinks are very large sponsors of almost... Well, not almost all, but a, a large portion of all of our main stream sports in this uh, motorsports in the Supercross and the Motocross and things like that. They've been at Loretta Lynn. Uh, they are kind of showing up on a lot more of the off-road series and stuff like that. So, how many how many heart attacks have those caused? Um, you know, where, where's the research on that kind of stuff? It, it, it's to say that that's not a bad push, you know, for our kids. I, again completely you know speculation on that sense but i mean are we doing our kids any favors thinking oh my god you know they're having six red bulls but they're not having any beer you know i mean it's like an up or a downer but still you know i mean is there <laughs> kind of any 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 thoughts on you know energy drinks and what they've been doing yeah i mean i think it's one of those things it's what's socially acceptable right now okay you know we might find Ten years from now, that energy drinks was a really stupid, stupid, stupid idea, which they probably are, and I'm probably one of the worst addicted to them. But, uh, uh, but yeah, at that point, it might you might see that happen with them. Right now, they're socially acceptable. Camel cigarettes, not so much. So, and you know, I think it's and on the surface, you know, like I said, everybody likes to act like uh, the alcohol stuff wouldn't be socially acceptable. Uh, I guess, which is kind of weird though, because like you know, NASCAR uses uh, you know Budweiser, oh, whoever, yeah, a ton of um, adult beverage sponsors, and 
Yeah, so I I guess GNCC, you know, they, they promote such a family style atmosphere. I guess that might be where that comes from. I don't know. Yeah, it it is interesting. Um I I, I I'm not the big brain that's gonna figure it out. I think it's gonna take a lot of small talks like this. Um to kind of say to kind of come up with you know maybe one or two really good ideas we'll hit the right people up we'll send off our ideas and uh, if they listen to us they do uh, we might get a high five or a pat on the back if nothing else we'll definitely get to look up your nose as your camera goes back to your face uh <laughs> doing the zoom in that's okay again because let's try to fix no, that man, I, again i think it's awesome every time i get to see up your nose it's yep still there <laughs> so <laughs> Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting. You know, there's been a lot of talk recently um, on, say, like the DM, DMXS show, uh, on the Pulp MX show. Uh, got to listen to a lot of those recently. Uh, it's it's a very hot topic, even in the Supercross and Motocross realm, where everybody thinks that people are making millions of dollars. Which, sure, there's a couple of people that are. Excuse me, but there's a lot of people that aren't. Uh, a lot of people trying to find jobs, things like that. So. Some kind of weird balancing act needs to happen. You know, maybe uh, there's certain people that need to realize they're not worth what they think they are. Maybe there's certain people that need to realize their career is not going to get where they thought it was going to get. That no matter how much hard work you put in, y- y- you know, you're only going to get so good. Um, I-, I don't know. It- it's it's a tough, tough call. And I don't I don't want to yeah. make it for anybody else, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of a, a weird sticky situation and I want us to find a way out of it so you go make a buttload of money we're just going to start a series and we're going to pay everybody what do you think <laughs> uh, I was kind of it's kind of chopped in and out there so I don't know if that was a question or uh, <laughs> my audio is going in and out again so I'm just going to say yes yeah, I'm with Brian Pierce right, Daniel Ing- whatever Brian Pierce says I'm with that guy <laughs> Daniel Ingle's going to go Maybe. make a lot of money and he's going to pay for everybody to race Jared Bolt on you should go pick out your new bike. Okay, uh, one of the things coming up is going to be, strangely enough, the 2013 Super Enduro Series is going to start this weekend, which is still 2012 in uh, Poland. I think that's kind of interesting. But hey, I'm not the one who's setting the timetable in Europe, so I guess they can pick whatever they want to do, and they're going to choose to start 2013 a couple weeks early. Uh, so Super Enduro is taking place. We do know that David Knight is supposed to be there on his new Hondas and his little team. Uh, Taddy Blazuziak has now flown home. He will be there as well, along with uh, other big names like uh, Zig Graham Javis's and a lot of guys that compete on the World Enduro Championship. So those are big names. Taddy Blazuziak just won <laughs> the Enduro Cross title in the States. Do you think that there's any competition for him in Europe? When they bring it down to a different, a little bit different style of enduro cross racing. Yeah, I mean, um, Europeans are retarded fast for whatever reason. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that I think David Knight can definitely compete with Taddy. Uh, maybe, hopefully, so it won't be boring. Right. But uh, you know. Uh, Taddy's unreal. He's he's got crazy crazy skills, and uh, so it, yeah, that'll be something to watch and see if anybody can actually step up and uh, and give him a, a run for his money, if you will. <laughs> I can't help but laugh because of the fact that we get to zoom in on your face some more as you give us high five. I'm just gonna. I, it's not that I'm calling you out. It's just that I have to bring. I have to bring attention to the fact. Okay, so, Mr. Daniel Engel, I am going to give you the floor because I appreciate all that you have done for us here tonight. It has been a a load of fun. I I love doing this kind of stuff, and I appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule, out of your life. I know you have a wife and kid and a job to do, so uh, I I do as well. I'm going to get back to that, hopefully tomorrow after I sleep a little. But where can people find you on the Internet? Where can they tweet you real hard? Where can they give you the money? <laughs> All that kinds of fun stuff. Well, the, web, uh, the website is at offroad underscore Viking. Uh, Facebook, we're offroad Viking racing. Uh, and we're on Instagram. Of course, I have screwed that up. It's actually under my name, even though we use it for the website. <laughs> but it's under Danny Engel on Instagram. Yes. But, um, but yeah. That's uh, and obviously 
www.offroadviking.com. So that's where we be. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So uh, if you thought anything on this evening's uh, video cast live showing, maybe you're on Stitcher. I don't know. Maybe even still use iTunes because you still love Apple. Uh, thought that was remotely funny. Please go to seattime.co. That is the website where all of these shows are archived. They live. You can find us. You can talk to us there. I mean, not really like physically, but still, you can find all our shows. You can watch them uh, and support us there. If you happen to be a Facebook junkie, facebook.com slash seattime. Easily, you can find us there. I'm a Facebook junkie. I'm there all the time. You Facebook us real hard. We'll Facebook you hard real back. But if you happen to be even one of those worst Twitter junkie ears, junkie, junk, junker, whatever, one of those people that are on Twitter way too much, you can tweet us at uh, seattime underscore co. So it's twitter.com slash seattime underscore co if you need to do that. So uh, I leave it to you now, Mr. Daniel Engel, to leave us with maybe any fine words that you have for this evening. Uh, nothing really, but it did make me think. I like the uh, the idea Elliot had a few weeks ago with the hacking with the hashtag deal on Twitter. Uh, so I'm all promoting that now. Anytime there's an event, uh, you should hashtag it with Instagram pictures, whatever. So, but besides that, it's all good. It. Had fun. Thanks for having Absolutely, me on. Absolutely, man. It's gonna have to happen again. I think uh, sometime in the near future. Once we get all this racing going back on, and we kind of like get to stop speculating, which you know. Actually, we'll probably always keep speculating about what's going to happen, but we'll have results. We'll have all kinds of fun stuff going on. It's going to be a good year. I look forward to it. Remember, this is seat time. It may not be the best time, but it's here, and we're on the Internet, and we like you. It's always a pint full of awesome. Be safe. We love you. Be responsible. I mean, we might love you, but still. Peace.